0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Beef Sticks Podcast. We're your hosts, Fat Mac and Tasty White.
1: Now let's get it on!
0: to Beef Sticks Podcast, Episode 1. This is the wrestling podcast brought to you by Cloud Style Broadcasting. This is a podcast made for wrestling fans from lifelong opinionated and intoxicated wrestling fans. To start you out, we're going to give you a little info about ourselves. I, myself, Fat Mac, am a wrestling fan from back in the 80s. I grew up on the NWA and WCW. Come the mid-90s, a little thing called the Attitude Era struck WWF, and I was hooked. After that, I went back and bought every tape I could find of the WWF and immersed myself in the history
1: of the WWF. And I've been watching wrestling since before I can remember. I am the WWE guy. I keep it pretty typical to the main shows, but lately I've been trying to get into watching other shows. And I think we've got a pretty interesting program for you guys. Hopefully you come back each and every week
0: on Thursday. What you can expect from this podcast is a little bit of everything and anything in the wrestling world. We can bring you
1: WWE Raw, SmackDown, all of that. What else do we got? We got Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, New Japan, Impact Wrestling,
0: We'll give you independence, we'll give you one-off shows, and we'll let you know what's happening in the local
1: Minnesota area. Yes, indeed. As well as that, each week we'll be featuring a new and special craft beer and sharing it with all of you.
0: Yes, in fact, not only are we wrestling fans, but we are huge beer fans. Aren't all wrestling fans beer fans? I
1: think so, for the most part. Yeah, even the (laughs) 10-year-olds. What have you got over there? Ah, this week I am drinking Shiner Wicked Ram IPA from Spotsel Brewery in Shiner, Texas.
0: And I have one of my favorite beers from a local brewery here in Minnesota. Alright, what do we got the going, August going on? August Shell Brewing Brunamance Company and week. I got shells. My right, first thing I I'm have a a on my list beer is the broken universe has entered Ring of oh. Honor. Delete, delete, delete. That is right, fans. Broken Matt Hardy and Brother Nero both made their debuts in Ring of Honor at the 15th anniversary show in an amazing street fight against both the Young Bucks and Rapungi Vice.
1: What a match that was.
0: Oh, I'm telling you what. I'm always a fan for Thumbtacks. I'm just going to put that out there. I am a fan of Thumbtacks. And they pulled off a move that I have never seen before. They actually had... I believe it was Matt put the thumbtacks into Trent Breda's mouth, shoved his mouth full of thumbtacks, and had Nick super kick him.
1: You've seen the thumbtacks fly. It was beautiful. It was a wonderful display of thumbtackery. I must say so myself. There were wrestlers,
0: blood, thumbtacks everywhere. Awesome match. I strongly recommend the ROH 15th Anniversary Show, which we will be recapping later on in the podcast other noteworthy appearances on there was the first appearance of bully ray in my opinion i think the first time ever in ring of honor he may have made an appearance here or there but i don't believe so i think this is the first time he was in ring of honor and he teamed up with the briscoes them boys so it's kind of interesting ring of honor who is always the young new builder crowd hip too good to have the wwe guys they've been making a lot of changes lately And with TNA making changes that are losing wrestlers, WWE doing their own thing, going in their own direction, it's very interesting to see both Bully Ray and the Hardys, who are WWE alums and TNA alum for for Bully Ray. He actually spent more time in his career in TNA than he has in WWE, believe that, uh, to see them in Ring of Honor. As well as we crowned a new champion that night with Christopher Daniels. Talk about somebody who's far from being young blood and new talent. He was on Real. the very, very first Ring of Honor show ever in the main event. I mean, I, I'll say it's long overdue. I'm not against
1: him winning the title. What did you think of it? I thought the entire show was really good. I kind of didn't pay attention to some parts because I was busy doing other things. But uh, oh, How dare you have a life outside of pro wrestling? I know, right? It's, it's hard to keep up with everything. I'll be so completely much wrestling, honest with you there. But, uh, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed what I caught of the show. I really liked the match with the Hardys, the Bucks, and Rapungi Vice. And God, I love that theme song. Oh, Rapungi <laughs> Vice has one of the best theme songs in pro
0: wrestling. Right up there with Glorious, I tell you
1: what. It is. It's, oh, it's stuck in my head for days, and it's so simple. And I think that's why it works.
0: So it's going to be interesting going forward. I'm assuming, as far as I know...
1: Interesting. I never would have guessed in a million years that the Hardys would go to Ring of Honor. I thought for sure they were headed to New Japan because the New Japan crowd would totally embrace the broken style. Oh, put them on DDT and the DDT <laughs> promotion where they wrestle blow up dolls
0: and invisible men. You have the Broken Hardys in there, they could give them their own show on DDT. I tell you what. No doubt. No that doubt. would be amazing. No, I you know it's it's interesting because I haven't seen an official anybody come out with what the the contract is for the Hardys in Ring of Honor but from most things I've read as speculation is that it's up through the WrestleMania weekend. So there is still a good chance that we could see the Hardys make a return to WWE sometime soon after Broken Matt
1: did make a tweet recently about coming after the day of new yet. I tell you what, and and the man
0: with three H's I know he would love to get his hands on that. He did an interview where he was talking about him and, and how he would drag him into the broken universe and delete him. So there's a straight on threat to triple H right there. I, this is good. I like it. It gets people talking about Ring of Honor. It keeps the Hardys and Bully Ray in people's minds. You know, and we
1: need other stuff other than WWE. And this is it. This is what it is. Truthfully, and if you don't watch Ring of Honor, I highly recommend you start turning in now. I'm not a huge follower of Ring of Honor, but I do watch it whenever I get the chance. And I'm rarely let down by anything. The Briscoes alone are enough to keep me glued. Damn boys!
0: I tell you what, and if you're wondering where to start in Ring of Honor and you're you're worried about just jumping in, start at the 15th anniversary show. Yes. There's there's a few storylines that are that are already, you know, in progress and finishing up and all that, but that's okay. You will stay in love with it just because of the match quality alone. No no kidding, no kidding at all. Um I think we can go on to the next topic. What else do we got?
1: Well, uh, if you haven't heard Lucha Underground seasons 1 and 2 have just made their way to Netflix, and I am eager to sink my teeth into that. The only Lucha Underground I have caught thus far is the last match of season 1, or the, the last show of season 1, with the death match between... It was, um,
0: Mel Morte's... Johnny yep. Mundo?
1: No, it wasn't Johnny... What? Well, it was, it was, no, it was Vampiro...
0: Oh, with uh, uh, Vampiro versus uh, Pentagon Junior.
1: There you go. You're Vampiro right. versus Pentagon Junior. Okay, that was an amazing match. Yes, it was. That was that was a match that I was able to get um, so my neighbors into and show them. You know, death matches still exist. I mean, it wasn't as hardcore as a lot of death matches, but as for TV goes, it was damn good. Oh, it was very good.
0: And Lucha Underground, if you haven't seen it. It's got a unique style all its own. Oh, yeah. You don't have to be a pro wrestling fan. If you're a sitcom, well, I wouldn't say sitcom. If you're a television suspense kind of fan, you could fall in love with this easily. Yes, it is definitely more of a show than a program. I'm excited to see they got both season one and two on Netflix. Um, I trailed off in the middle of season two, and I haven't picked up yet, and I feel bad about that. I apologize to whatever Lucha Underground gods are out there the Aztec gods, as it were. (laughs) But I'm definitely, I'm going to start back at episode one. Me and my son are going to watch them all, episode one, season one, through season two. And, uh, you know, Pentagon Jr. is no longer with Lucha Underground. He left AAA. He lost the name Pentagon Jr. He doesn't have the rights for that, or at least it's in a legal battle right now. Uh, I believe he has a name, something about his uh, Sierra Mero. Uh, phrase which is zero fear he's he's incorporated that into his name really similar to the La Parca fiasco that happened quite a few, a few years back where La Parca left AAA and they said they owned the name and then he started going by LA Park and then he started going by La Park and, and, and then they brought in their own La Park and it gets, it gets crazy you know Mexican laws I don't even understand American <laughs> laws Mexican <laughs> laws get even more weird all I know is you don't drink the water
1: don't, don't serve drink us the water
0: Cerveza is great.
1: (laughs) Anything more on the Lucha Underground? You know, like I said, I got a lot of catching up to do. So I haven't, I'm not very well versed in Lucha Underground. I mean, I know they got Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio,
0: Joey Ryan. He plays a federal agent. I'm telling you, it's like a TV show. He doesn't come in there as your Joey Ryan character, which I love the Joey Ryan character, but he's a federal agent and I love his character as a federal agent. He's undercover. This is a great show, folks. You have to be watching it. Who else? Who else is on? Sexy star Mil Mortes, Johnny Mundo. If you if you don't know Lucha Underground, you'd know him as John Morrison from WWE. Oh yeah, he's amazing in there. You've got you've got a ton of folks up in there. Uh, Molina Molina's in it, isn't she? Uh, Molina signed with them. Phoenix, Aerostar. i'm 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 forgetting people and i know because i'm forgetting people who are amazing there are there are just a a ton a ton of folks in that every match is is quality the storylines are great um cuerno uh, uh the the main guy i forgot his first name but cuerno the guy the actor who plays him and he's an actor he's not a wrestler He's not an agent. He has no ties to the wrestling business. They hired this actor, Dario Cuarto. Thank you. Dario Cuarto. And um, I'm probably saying it wrong now. Dario Cuarto. And he's amazing. I love his character. The guy is great. He owns his role. You can't ask for for anything else. The production in this show is beautiful. I'd say
1: WWE or higher quality production in the show. And if you haven't heard, back on a slightly different topic uh alberto del patron and dutch mantel have been signed to impact correct correct both both of
0: them are signed on there dutch mantel some of you might remember him as zeb colter back in wwe uh he worked with um alberto el patron when he was adr alberto del rio with the, the um, Americans. The, what were the it? real Americans? Real Americans. It was the stupidest gimmick in the world. We, the people! You know, Jack Swagger hasn't done anything since then. I love Jack Swagger. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Dutch Mantel has a beautiful wrestling mind. As far as I know, he's mainly behind the scenes, but he's going to do some other stuff. Jeff Jarrett's back in there. Um, Dixie Carter is out of there. Get out of here. Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pr- Pritchard, who has been. With TNA before, was with WWE for many years. You might remember him as a, a brother love back in the 80s WWF. And he's in there. They're all backstage. It,
1: it could be a good new direction for TNA. What I do find kind of interesting is, is Dixie Carter's out, but EC3 is still signed.
0: <laughs> How does her nephew keep a job if she's no longer <laughs> there?
1: You'd almost, you'd
0: almost think they might might not be blood related. No, he has her last name. (laughs) By the way, I love EC3. He is the perfect heel, and WWF screwed up by letting him go. Yes. Because he is super talented. On that note, TNA super screwed up by letting Drew Galloway go, who was a former WWE guy who was under the name Drew McIntyre. WWE didn't know what to do with him. TNA knew what to do with him. He was a star, he was a champion. He was everything they wanted. He was young. He was entertaining. He could talk. He had to look. And in typical TNA faction, and this is under the new management, they just let him slip away. They dicked around. They weren't talking about his his contract. They weren't getting back to him. They were leaving him hanging. And from all accounts, he was supposed to win the TNA world title. And they just let him slip away. And that's how, at the last minute, they ended up signing Alberto El Patron was because Drew Galloway left, and he ended up being a placeholder. They've been slipping up left
1: and right. I mean, they let the Hardys walk away. They never should have done that. That is a huge mistake, because whoever gets them gets gold. Especially since, at least... Matt Hardy kept trying to negotiate with him after they insulted both of them. From what it sounds like, they just kept dicking him around, holding off on an offer. They finally gave him an offer, and it's, it sounded like they didn't appreciate the Hardys.
0: But at least Rebby Sky is taking this calmly and easily <laughs> and respectful. At least that is going on. You wouldn't want her blowing up and ranting on Twitter or cursing or talking about melting the belts down and making new hoops <laughs> or talking about Fuck that owl, <laughs> which, is, that which owl. is my favorite new hashtag now. Hashtag fuck that owl, because <laughs> it can mean a million and one things. Right up there with hashtag
1: fuck face Tom Phillips. There you go. <laughs> fuck face that owl, Tom Phillips.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, TNA, they, they got a lot of new things going, but they screwed up a lot on the way out.
1: I tell you what, I want to watch TNA, but they got rid of the Hardys, and the Hardys are what's keeping me following this kind of programming. Now, I will play devil's advocate here. I will say, from what it sounds like,
0: the Hardys wanted a substantial amount of money, which they they could deserve, which they could deserve. I'm not saying that. At the same time, they also wanted creative control, and at this point, TNA is under brand new ownership, brand new management, and if they feel that they want to build young stars up under their new umbrella, which is now impact wrestling, not TNA, as far as most people are concerned. And I can't blame them for not wanting to give up creative control. This is their baby now. You got Jeff Jarrett, you got Bruce Pritchard, you got Dutch Mantel. I don't know how the three of them feel about the broken universe. A lot of people a lot of people didn't like it. I love it. Huge fan of it. I oh, love yeah. everything they did. It's not for everybody. And maybe they felt like they had to have creative control to make their show. A lot of what happened wrong in TNA in the past was they let wrestlers just run them into the ground, make their own calls, and screw things up. So playing devil's advocate, they saved a ton of money not re-signing the Hardys. Plus, they're not giving up creative control. I'm not saying it's the right move. I'm saying that I can maybe see what they were doing, maybe.
1: I don't know that that's what their thoughts are either. It's definitely a risky maneuver, because they're going to have to pull out some big stops to get me to watch the program again. That was getting them talked about, so I will admit, that is
0: a risky maneuver. And now people are talking about Ring of Honor, as we said.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, Ring of Honor has been great for a long time, though, since since the Bullet Club, and since they started pairing up with New Japan.
0: Yeah, they, 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 they went on a little slump there. Ring of Honor is what kept me through the early 2000s, and I ain't going to lie. I quit watching WWE. I was watching Ring of Honor and TNA. They kept me through it. A while back, a few years back, there they were starting to go through a slump. Uh, they were getting raided by TNA and by WWE. They tried to do some things that didn't work. They still had good matches, but they weren't great. They're back up there where they want to make a name for themselves. They want to show everybody who's boss. They're they're fighting and they want to be known as the number two brand in America. Some would argue they are right now. Some would argue TNA still is. It, it's it's a it's a debate that's up in the air.
1: I think so. And, and you won't know until TNA really gets their feet in the mud and starts starts hauling ass. That's true. That's true. And gets their ass out of the mud because they're sinking and they need to get out. Some people would say been sunk. But I say as long as there's a dream and a way and you can get rid of Dixie Carter. I mean, sky's the limit. That's That was the thing. Getting rid of Dixie Carter. That's the only thing that stayed true
0: so far as. For what's kind of held him back, is Dixie's always been at the helm. She fought so long to not sell unless she was kept on as an on-air personality. And that drove a lot of people away. You know, Billy Corgan. They lost Billy Corgan, who was a brilliant mind and from all accounts was doing great things with TNA. All because Dixie wanted a bigger piece of the pie. She destroyed her own company
1: just to spite Billy Corgan. And I think it's funny, because he was going to rebrand the company... And she, no, no, we're keeping everything the same. And then all of a sudden, now she's out. The company's been rebranded. God, I just hope Billy Corgan comes back. Right? This is a guy who smashes
0: pumpkins for a living, as far as I know. That's I all I know to about do him. that. I only get to do that once or twice a year. Yeah, I usually do it on <laughs> Easter. Usually. Usually on Easter is my pumpkin smashing time. <laughs> um, in other news, I believe we have a little issue going on between Shaq and Big Show... Or should I say, Big Show alone is the only one really talking about this. As most of us know, it was rumored for months back now. Since, since SummerSlam? Yeah, they, they had the Battle Royal. Well, back in Royal Rumble, Shaq there was in go. there, and, yeah, yeah. and Big Show eliminated him. That was that was back in last uh, January. And then they've been building up and building up, and they've been having Twitter fights between Big Show and Shaq. And And Big
1: Show's in better shape than I think I've ever seen him in. Big Show is in phenomenal shape. Granted, Twitter pictures do a lot more for him than than actual camera does.
0: But I'll tell you, not just for a man his size. I mean, just for anybody, he is in
1: phenomenal shape.
0: He has said he got in that shape for his match with Shaq. So he's pissed about that, which I say, you know what, either way, good for him. If, If that's what got you to get in this shape... I love it. Be happy for it. But it sounds like Shaq is now pulling back. From all accounts, all of it's in Shaq's field. He doesn't want to do it, and a lot of sources say it's because he cannot, will not get in shape for the match. It sounds like if you've seen him lately on ESPN, he's a little bigger. He's chubbier. He's not the Shaq we all knew. He's getting older. We'll admit it. But it sounds like Shaq's the one holding off and has reservations about this. I don't know that Shaq needs the payday. Obviously not. He makes plenty of money on his own. But it's kind of shitty here. It sounds like Big Show is really disappointed about it. All the work Big Show has done, he might not even have a match. He might be delegated to the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which he won once. But he deserves better than
1: that for the work he's put in this year, I'd say. I think so. You know, and I would love to see this match. I would love to see this match more than I would love to see... Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg for the championship. I mean, I think these two, they're they are bigger guys. They're slower moving, but they're definitely going to last longer than a minute 36.
0: Yeah. Oh, they're going to last. Either one of those two can go longer than Goldberg. And I'll tell you that right now. Even Shaq, out of shape. Because he has to have amazing cardio just for being in the NBA. Even though all he did was stand there and miss free throws. That's beside the point. hes a, He's got good cardio. I know that. They could go longer Then Brock and
1: Goldberg are going to go. And here's an easy out. Why don't they throw both of them in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and have it come down to the two at the end? I mean, I could see because Big Show's already won it. I you
0: know, I don't think Since it's an Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Let's wait a while before WWE sullies it with celebrities. It's one thing the Royal Rumble. Okay, throw people in, get names, get people talking. It's a big event. I get it. This This is actual Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And Andre, whether he was a technical wizard or not, by the way, he was not. (laughs) He's still a classic wrestling demigod. And I don't think you should sully his name by by entertaining the fact that that an uh, NBA guy could come in and win it. I mean, I I don't I personally don't like that idea. But yeah, why, why can't they work something out? Do a street fight. Shaq can leave his shirt on. He doesn't have to take it off. They don't have to worry about doing fancy moves. Shaq can just hit Big Show over and over again with a chair. Everybody will be happy. Everybody will clap. You get video and pictures to sell stuff. I mean, you get a picture of Shaq hitting Big Show with a chair. You're gonna sell the next pay per view. I don't care. You're gonna sell WWE network subscriptions. It's gonna happen. That alone sells it.
1: And then Shaq can be the guest feature on the next WWE game. There you go. Yeah. He's an
0: unlockable. I wouldn't give him the cover, but he's an unlockable. <laughs> Let him have it. You know? The other thing I think bring in Rodman and Carl Malone from WCW days and have them against Shaq. Two on one. The old W C W against the the WWE NBA guys. A match that no one wants to see, wrestling fan or NW or NBA. Most went NWA. Old school old school wrestling and rap. There you go. <laughs> oh, Shaq. Get your shit together. Get back on here. Have a WrestleMania payday. Have fun and entertain the fans. Just, Just
1: do, do it. it. Just do it. What do you gotta lose? Exactly. What do you now, gotta lose?
0: I'm sick of talking about this stuff. Big show's a
1: big nice guy. He ain't gonna hurt you too bad. What else you got there, Josh? Oh, well, this week I was perusing YouTube, and Ooh, I managed perusing. to catch a YouTube video from being the elite, and I noted that Adam Cole attempted to fire the Young Bucks from the Bullet Club. Dun-dun-dun. But they fired back with, there's only one man who could fire us from the Bullet Club. There's only a one other person in the elite And that is Kenny Omega. And pretty much after that, Adam Cole tried to call them. They weren't answering, and, you know, the episode played out as is. But right now, everything with the Bullet Club's up in the air. Who knows? So are we
0: seeing the seeds planted for maybe Adam Cole leaving and going to (gasps) the E? Ooh, could be. Could be. uh, Adam Cole versus Young Bucks. Loser leaves the Bullet Club. Adam Cole versus Kenny Omega, loser leaves the I want to see
1: Cole versus Omega. I would love it. Oh my god, yes. I would yes. love it. Yes. I also want to see Cole. <laughs> I also want to see Cole fix that uh, bump on his head. So maybe he needs to take some time off. Maybe Kenny Omega beats him, he takes a couple months off, goes and gets that thing removed. It's okay. I mean, it, it's not hurting him. It is not the tumor. But I can't stop looking at it. And that hat doesn't cover it because he doesn't know to pull down his hat far enough. You know what he needs to? He needs to go to WWE and he can be
0: an honorary unicorn in the new day. There you go. Just just stroll him out there in blackface. Who
1: cares? <laughs> he doesn't even have to buy the strap-on dildo,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I find I find this. Uh, you know, other than the fact that his contract's coming up and there's been rumors of him going to WWE, this uh, this kind of came out of nowhere. I haven't seen the clip. I haven't watched since the 15th anniversary show, so I don't know what brought to him trying to fire the Young Bucks. I don't know why this came about. I'm surprised. The Elite has kind of been the tightest group. Well, it is the tightest group in the Bullet Club, but it's been a very tight group all around. The Bucks, Was Adam
1: Cole ever in the Elite? Yep.
0: Bucks, Cole, okay. Omega, they're the Elite uh, Omega is
1: the honorary leader. You know, it, it's, it's... And thinking thinking back about it, actually, I've been watching a lot of being the elite on YouTube, and weeks past, there's been discussion between Omega and Adam Cole about how they feel there's friction between them, and they don't want it. But it sounds like that's what we're about to get.
0: Well, you know, it'll, it'll be nice to see somebody who isn't the leader leave the Bullet Club for a change. You know, we lost the original leader, Finn Balor, who... Who, who took off from New Japan to join WWE. Then the, the new leader from that was AJ Styles, and then he ended up leaving. And then we got Kenny Omega, so it, it'll be nice to see them stick with leadership, have a stable captain to their ship, because they're still running shit over everything. Over everything. I was blown away when, when uh, um, Frankie Kazarian joined the Bullet Club. Yes. Oh, my God. Spoiler, he, he faked it so that he could help uh, Christopher Daniels win the title, or should I say prevent him from being screwed out of the title from other Bullet Club members. But, I mean, they're, everybody who's anybody who isn't in WWE wants to be in the Bullet Club.
1: Nuff said. Thanks, Fat Mac. That's what I get for watching pretty much the entire show, except for the last match. Seeing that it was about an hour long and saying, I'm going to go to bed.
0: <laughs> it's
1: okay. I, I think I spoil plenty for you too.
0: It oh, yeah. happens. Oh, and just in case you folks didn't know, there will be spoilers on this podcast. Oh, yeah. You've been warned. Spoilers?
1: Late, but you've been warned. Profanity, possibly enough the the fuck or two. Profanity? Profanity? Shit. Yeah, we're not a fucking family-friendly shit God show. Damn, I didn't know that. We're fucking <laughs> change it up. Hot damn. We keep this early. All right, let's let's re-record all this. Our I'm gonna throw in a bunch curly. of fucks
0: and stuff for no reason. Just like fuck they threw fuck titties fuck in the Logan movie for no fuck reason. Mother but. Mother
1: fuck fuck. Orange noise, there we go. All right. <laughs> um,
0: speaking of folks who are Asian, because we were talking about New Japan, and all four of those people had no Asian blood in them, so I'm making Wait. a really awkward transition here. Hideo Itami returned to NXT. Long overdue. I missed the guy. I love him. I thought he was going to be way bigger than he is, and he's been plagued with injuries since coming to the WWE, and it's hurting him so bad, and I don't know if he can turn around. But came back to NXT at a house show. Huge ovation. He came out there. He pulled out the GTS on Riddick Moss. And, uh, I mean, hey, we got to see Hideo Itami. We got to see the GTS. He's back. Hopefully he's going to be in takeover in some way fashion shape form something i don't know i don't know what they're going to do with him at this point
1: i don't have an overabundance to say on the matter about the time i started tuning into nxt was i think i saw the episode where kevin owens attacked him and that was that was about it for me and hideo Itami. I know I play with against him often in WWE 2K17, but other than that, for me, it's all about Nakamura. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, what,
0: back in the day in All Japan Pro <laughs> Wrestling, when he was Kenta, he was taking everybody out. He was the biggest star in that promotion, one of the biggest stars in Japan. Proof is, one of the biggest stars in the United States uh, CM Punk stole his finishing move. Straight up stole it. Punk admits it. Kenta knows it. Everybody has said it. I mean, I mean, he stole the GTS from Kenta. Kenta invented the GTS. It's not a negative thing. He didn't All even the name. do that. He didn't even change the name. He didn't change the name. He could have called it the the, the CMP it's for CM Punk. It's the CMP. You know, Chicago made prosthetics. I don't know. <laughs> But, uh, no, I'm really happy to see him back. I hope WWE does something with them. They have a horrible track record with Asian wrestlers. But what they're doing with Shinsuke Nakamura and NXT and what they're doing with Tozawa right now and 205 Live gives me a little hope. But, again, that's NXT and 205 Live. That is not Raw. That is not SmackDown. And currently, we have nobody Japanese in raw and smackdown who's over who's big who's doing anything you got oscar in the women's division again nxt i'm hoping i'm hoping this is a new time a new era for wwe and we can see japanese wrestlers given a chance but but tajiri's back 205 live again. (laughs) 205 live tajiri's back 205 live He's back where he should be in the veteran role. He's putting other people over. He's selling tickets. He's not taking over the spotlight. I love that. I love the Japanese buzzsaw. I love, I love how he kicks. Mist. I love the green mist. I love the tarantula. I love Tajiri from back in the ECW and, days. I'm a guy. I love watching him lose. He's hey. a good loser. He is a good loser. He's a good seller. He yes. sells moves beautifully. Yes. He knows he's small. Even in Japan, he was small. And he became tough. Those kicks... Everyone in the industry fears those kicks because those kicks, folks, listen to any interviews from wrestlers. He kicks the shit out of you. He doesn't hold back. Those aren't fake kicks. He's kicking the shit out of them.
1: That's what I do. That's what he does.
0: (laughs) I don't have a whole lot else to say on that. I, I didn't watch the show. I believe there's clips out there. I've kind of read up on it, but I don't know a whole lot more about it other than to say, let's see Hideo Itami in a prominent role in TakeOver. I want it. Anything else on the news today for current events?
1: Oh well, local wrestling. We have we have some words for you. Nice. Coming up uh, on March 24th at the Bloomington Event Center in Bloomington, Minnesota, we get a nice little visit from Mister Anderson, Ken Anderson, Anderson takes on Mitch Paradise for the primetime wrestling title. Oh, sounds good. Yes. We know that it is indeed on March 24th at the Bloomington Event Center. As I said, the address would be 1114 American Boulevard West. Doors are at 630. Show starts at 7. And I would highly recommend going.
0: You know, there's a lot of great talent in there. A bunch of folks that I've watched wrestle before in, independently, local, not a lot, not the guys that you're going to see in WWE or nothing like that. <clears throat> I've seen Mr. Anderson in a in a independent local Minnesota event uh, through a different company, American Wrestling Federation, not Primetime Wrestling. Primetime Wrestling is awesome. I recommend them. American Wrestling Federation, I also recommend them. So I know Anderson when he's in front of 200 or 300 people, he wrestles like he's in front of 20,000 people. He puts us all out there. He's interactive. He's the same guy that you see on TV and at the venue that I seen him in at the end of the show, without the permission of the venue or from the AWF, he had every single child come up on stage with him. Up in the ring. I'm sorry, not stage. He, He called them all out. He had them come up there Everybody came into the ring with him. My son was there. He had a blast. It was amazing. I got nothing but great things to say about Ken Anderson. Go see him. If you're in the Minnesota area, especially if you're in the metro area, go there, Bloomington. Check it out. Mr. Anderson, even if you don't know Mitch Paradise, if you don't know Primetime Wrestling, go. Go there and watch it. This is local. This is Minnesota. This is the heart of wrestling. Every single guy that you watch in WWE started wrestling matches for these kind of organizations. You want to see them first. I can tell you I used to watch Arya Devari wrestling in a tiny ring in small towns for 200 people with the magic carpet. With a, yes. Yes. He <laughs> had the magic carpet ride, which is a frog splash with the magic carpet. And I tell you, in WWE, he'd be winning more matches if he was able to use his magic carpet. And I'll never forgive WWE for that.
1: No, oh, I, I, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. And let let uh, let my cohort here tell you, Ken Anderson's a good guy. On stage, off stage, on the mic, and in person. Well, I'll
0: tell you what. We were going to, to get an autograph from him while he was at the show that we were watching. We went there. We had him sign an autograph, and my son also wanted him to, sh- to sign his AWF shirt that he had. So his manager told me, I'm sorry, that's $30 to get him to sign a shirt. I looked through my wallet, I had 20 bucks. I was like, I only have $20. bucks. i am sorry. Mitchell's like, that's okay. Ken Anderson came up to me. He grabbed me by the shoulder, and he said, hey, you know what? $20, bucks, i will sign it for him. I was like, really? He said, yeah. He signed it took a picture with me i'll post a picture up here somewhere so you can see it he's a stand-up individual a great guy an awesome wrestler got nothing but positive things to
1: say about ken anderson so if you have a chance march 24th be there in bloomington minnesota witness the prime time wrestling title be on the line and just watch the excellence that is Mr. Anderson. Hey, if there's
0: anything Cloud Style is about, it's about supporting locals. Supporting local artists, suplo- supporting local musicians, supporting local wrestlers. Support local.
1: That's what it's all about. We love our beer, we love our local restaurants, we love our local music, and we love our local wrestling. And you know, that's where it all starts. The Indies is it's the ground floor for absolutely everything. I am mad I never got to see Aria and fight myself. Right, because it's beautiful.
0: It's beautiful. And they're hungry. They're hungry. A lot of the guys in WWE are still hungry. A lot of them aren't.
1: All a lot of thinking, them phone it in. All I keep thinking is, if we would have started this a year ago, we could have had him on the podcast.
0: We're, we're still done. <laughs> Aria, if you're listening, come visit us. Fly your carpet over here. You just got to stay 10, 15 minutes. Do a short little segment with us. We'll interview you. It's amazing. Come get us, man.
1: We've loved you since before the E, and we'll always follow your career. Come on up. Talk with us. We would love to have you. I guess that about uh, wraps it up for our current events segment. Yeah, I don't
0: really have anything else that I can think of. If you folks have anything, go ahead and feel free to contact us. Tell us what you'd like us to talk about. If we forgot anything or anything you think was important that we missed, get a hold of us, let us know. We can bring it up on our next podcast. We're going to be doing this weekly.
1: Don't forget. Always. We love our community. Oh. And now for Thicks wrestling replay. All right, on Raw this
0: week. We opened up with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. Always a good way to start raw. Paul Heyman, 99.9% of the time is on his game. He got shook up a little bit when he was here in Minnesota. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> Threw him off his game, but it was more WWE's <laughs> fault than his. They tried to make Brock the heel and Goldberg the face in Minneapolis. Ain't gonna happen.
1: Never gonna happen. I don't know who came up with that, but they were off their medication that day. So Paul
0: started out, and one thing I loved was referring to the Raw announcers. He called them the quote-unquote so-called announcers. I loved that. as From the fact that he is an old-school announcer himself, he spent a lot of time in the announcing booth. He knows what announcers are supposed to sound like, and I think most of us can admit Raw sometimes can be difficult to listen to, if not difficult to watch.
1: Especially the more announcers they have.
0: Oh, my gosh. SmackDown <laughs> sometimes has up to five announcers, if they show up. That's a whole other story. (laughs) So during this promo, basically the gist of it, he admitted that he and Brock had been concerned about Goldberg and what they had planned based on how he took him down. But he has something in the works. They're going to conquer, repeat, all go, hail Brock Lesnar. We had more of Stephanie and Mick Foley in the back. And I got to be honest, these two seem really forced
1: and awkward when they're together. I agree. I agree. It's kind of, I don't know, when Foley was commissioner, it was it was a whole world of difference. Commissioner was, Foley was amazing. I was so excited
0: <laughs> to get Commissioner Foley back in the GM position.
1: Yeah, but he's the GM. He's not the commissioner. And he had to be played up as some kind of a patsy. And I He's a bitch. Let's just say it. He's a bitch. I don't like
0: it. I don't like it either. So they went on talking. The gist of that was during the night... Mick Foley's going to have to think of who he's going to fire. She wants him to prove that he's got that cutthroat gang mentality that keeps him in the upper echelon in a McMahon-Helmsley sort of regime. So he has to pick one person to fire to prove that he's a man. So that's what he has to go through for the rest of the night, and they milk it through the whole night. Oh, yeah. We had Sasha Banks and Dana Brooke in a match that I personally clocked it at 1 minute 18 seconds. To be honest, I didn't even
1: realize the match happened. (laughs) Oh, it's horrible.
0: That's that's our uh, women's revolution for you right there. One minute, 18 seconds is the women's revolution. It's nice to see that they've gone places. I personally gave the match a one out of ten stars, and I think that's being a little gracious. I agree. After the match, uh, Charlotte fired Dana Brooke for not being on point and not protecting her and keeping her good, so... That yep.
1: sets up some stuff. Right. It wasn't all bad. We've been waiting to see this for God knows how it was, since they got together for the most part.
0: Oh, yeah. We all knew it was going to happen. It, it took longer than I expected to happen, but I'm glad. I like the slow burn myself. And
1: it's going to be good for Dana Brooke because I have a feeling she's going she's gonna to come over the top against Charlotte quite often. And I have a feeling we could see a
0: fatal four-way at Mania that's set up right now as a triple threat. So Dana Brooke could easily get herself inserted in there. We still got a little ways to go till Mania. We'll have to wait and see. After that, we got a little segment for the new Warrior recipient for the Warrior Award for the WWE Hall of Fame. We'll talk about that a little later on in the podcast when we go over the Hall of Fame inductees. We had an in-ring segment with Kevin Owens that I thought just started out beautifully, aesthetically. It was just awesome. It's Kevin Owens alone in the middle of the ring, lights out, spotlight on him. Started out that way. That's how Kevin Owens should be presented.
1: Exactly. Exactly. He's he's always supposed to been himself. I mean, he's the prize fighter. Yeah. Right. You can't be a prize fighter if you got if you got a if you got a buddy on the side. And They
0: worked it into his promo. I loved it because it actually meant something. It wasn't just there for aesthetic. Cause he went out there and he said, One month ago, today, I took the spotlight and put it back right where it belongs on me. I got here in my notes Kevin Owens is cold.
1: Cold as ass.
0: I'm just loving it. Also, he was wearing a WrestleMania 2 shirt, and he had put the KO duct taped over the wrestle part, so he has a KO Mania 2. Love that callback to when yes. he had his old KO Mania shirt from Yes, the original indeed. I'm looking
1: forward to every year from here on out oh, a new KO Mania shirt.
0: Kevin Owens, he, he's going to be the new Mr. WrestleMania. Sean who? What? <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Went on, Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe had a match against Sami Zayn and Y2J. It was okay. Um, the one thing I gotta say is I honestly feel lately that Samoa Joe has been phoning it in ever since he got to the main roster. I have not seen the Samoa Joe I've seen in the indies. I've not seen the Samoa Joe i seen in NXT. I don't know that I'm buying Joe right now. What I kind
1: of you- wonder if, if it's whether or not you know the, the injury to, to Seth Rollins has something to do with that. Could be wearing maybe, on his conscious maybe. I personally think that this injury on Seth Rollins was it was a, a a work the whole time and they're doing it in build up for WrestleMania and I think I'm being proved right with Seth coming back and saying, "Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be at Mania." You know. I right, he dropped the crutch and he got in the right, ring. Yep. And he fought hard and he wasn't he wasn't limping on it. Nope. Not not very much. Nope. I think I think it, the whole thing was a work and I think I called that right the whole time. So the match pushed along a bit, a bit of
0: uh, storyline. I like that. It did what it was supposed to do. I give it a four out of ten. wasn't the best match of the night. Definitely wasn't the best match that these four people can do. Uh, they they did well. They got their point across. Like I said, Joe, I know he can do better. I just he doesn't seem like his heart is in it for whatever the reason. And maybe it is something that he's playing up that's going to pay off in the future. I hope that's it, because Joe has so much heart determination. I hope that they're, that they're playing it up and he hasn't just given up.
1: Personally, I, I think Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe don't like the fact that they're being pegged together either. I think they're both standalone guys, and, and the fact that they're being put together, I think it's, it's got to be causing some kind of friction backstage.
0: I agree. I, I don't think either of them need to be with people. Owens and Jericho seemed to click. I think it was a, a fluke that fell into place and just landed perfectly, and they went with it. But they are. They're both solo people. Joe was not great when he was in the main event mafia and TNA, He's just never been great with somebody. Joe and Taz didn't last long together. Joe is a solo guy. He's the Samoan submission machine. That's all he needs to be. And Kevin Owens is the same way. He's a prize fighter. And he said multiple times all he cares about is his check and his family. And that's what he's going for. He doesn't give a crap about anybody else. So I can see where that kind of strains their relationship. After that, we had more backstage junk with Mick and Steph. It was stupid. Uh, you know, I personally at this point in the match thought the way they were talking that Mick Foley was just going to fire himself. He was going to go out there and say, Steph, you're not the general manager. I'm not the general manager you want me to be. I'm not going to be able to do what you want me to do. So I need to be fired. This is where my mind was at this time. We'll see how that pans out at the end as we get going. They made a match for Nia Jax against Bailey. It was Okay. We got some tag team action, which was here and there, nothing big. The biggest thing that came out of it, it was uh, Sheamus and Cesaro versus Enzo and Cass. But the Good Brothers, Doc and or Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson came down, and actually they attacked Cass and Sheamus. So they attacked one of each team because in their mind, if this was for the number one contendership for their title, if both people lost, they wouldn't have to defend their title. Makes sense. Isn't how it ended up happening. Now it's a three-way match between the three of them. What do you think about this match coming up? You know,
1: I, I'm all about the good brothers. I, I'm over Enzo and Cass. Beyond over Enzo and Cass. I, they, they're the same thing all the time. Even when they try to change it up and be fresh, it's still the same thing. I love them back at NXT, but as soon as they came up to the main roster, it, it wore on me very fast. Um, looking forward to seeing this fight, though. I think the Good Brothers will probably keep it. I don't agree
0: with you on Enzo and Cass. I've loved them ever since, and actually I still love them, but it seems like the crowd is turning at least on Enzo. You get a lot of booze. He's the new botch king. You get uh, cheers for, the, for Cass. I could see maybe a split coming up. Maybe Enzo going heel and Cass staying face. I don't know, but it seems like the fans are kind of split. They're not getting the reaction. They were getting... Just a month ago, if not even farther than that. So along with that, we had more, more, more backstage action with Foley. He talked to the Good Brothers, and that's when he told them that you know it's going to be a three-way match. One thing about Raw as opposed to SmackDown, you get too much authority. I, I don't want so much authority. They've got to get over the authority. They don't have to have an authority in every segment. They don't have to have an authority on every show. You can go a whole show without bringing up the authority.
1: Right. V- Mick Foley can't even run a show for an episode without Stephanie calling in if she's not in the building.
0: Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. And he's got to write stuff down on his hand, which they've turned into a joke, but started from a serious place where he kept screwing up. So it's just... He's, he's not who he was, and I don't want to remember him for who he is now. I want to remember the old McFoley. I want to remember Cactus
1: Jack. And that's why I think it's important after WrestleMania. They just need to get him out. I love Foley. I want to love Foley, but the longer he's in, the less I respect him. And please stop making Holy Foley. Yes, please stop with
0: that. I tried watching <laughs> it. I hurt myself physically in my soul. I can't watch it anymore. ain't going to happen. So we had Jinder Mahal versus Roman Reigns, a match that nobody asked for nobody wanted and nobody gives a crap about. Reigns ended up uh, winning that one, of Obviously. course. We knew that was going to happen. He called out Undertaker and who comes out, but HBK himself, Shawn
1: Michaels, for no reason. But <laughs> the crowd went Bananas. I Hbk gonna... kind of played the same role that Foley played during um, Charlotte and Sasha Banks Helena Selman. That's exactly that's it. exactly. Yes. You're gonna do this. It's gonna be great, but you don't want to do this. What the hell? Yeah. One thing. One thing I
0: have to admit, the crowd went bananas, as you'll find out in this podcast. I'm one of the few people in the world. I'm not a Shawn Michaels fan. Overrated. I don't need to see him, but that's okay. I know I'm in the minority there. <clears throat> the fans went crazy for him. They loved seeing Shawn. But the one thing I loved, the thing I thought just just speaks volumes, and they found this out with Rock at the Royal Rumble a few years back, and they found it out now with Sean. No matter how many people they try to rub Roman Reigns into the fans' face, they can get the Rock out there. They can get everybody in the world. They had Shawn Michaels out here, and Shawn Michaels literally said, I'm on your side. And as soon as he said that, the crowd went, Nobody wanted to hear Sean say he was on Roman's side. WWE, nobody wants to see Roman. Turn him heel. Let us hate him. Sell, sell, sell. You're going to sell every pay-per-view in the world if you sell him as a heel who's going to get beat, especially when he's winning against the faces we want to see win.
1: Right, yeah. I do have to give my tip of the hat to Jinder Mahal. He looks like he's in the best shape of his entire career right now, and I'm hoping... That they don't bury him, but we know what they've done with him in the past. Yeah.
0: And since we didn't have enough people already out in this segment, Braun Strowman comes out, bulldozed Roman Reigns as he's heading down the ramp, and again, right after Strowman took out Roman Reigns, there were chants in the crowd from, Thank you, Strowman! <laughs> Thank you, Strowman! I just... I mean, the fans are talking to you, WWE. They're talking to you. Why don't you hear them? Just listen. Just listen. You Just can make listen. a better
1: show for everybody.
0: Just listen. There was more Mick Foley and Stephanie, and I was so sick of it at this point. I was done with it. Uh, we had some Bailey and Sasha stuff that didn't need to happen. Finally, we had a, a Bailey match, and she was accompanied to the ring with the wacky, waving, inflatable arm flailing
1: Tube Man. Which they don't say that on TV anymore. They, they, they don't. They used to, and they, they change don't. it now. I, maybe it's copywritten. Yeah, uh, well. Something.
0: If it wasn't before, somebody did it, <laughs> and she took on uh, Nia Jax in a non-title match. Um, right now, I got the, the line of the night. The, the my most favorite line that I heard all night on Monday was Corey Graves, and he said, "Byron, I'm finally understanding your fascination with Bailey." The only meaningful relationship you both have had in your whole life are with inflatable people. <laughs> Corey Graves is awesome on the mic. I love him. You got Corey Graves on the mic. You have Nigel McGuinness down in NXT now. Austin Aries was working the mic, although I'm happy to see him back in the booth. Mauro Ronaldo, even though he disappointed me for no-showing SmackDown, they're starting to get good announcers back. Keep working on it, weeding out the people we don't need, the Byron Saxton's, the David Otunga's. You know, you can, you can keep JBL. He bothers me at times, but he comes up with good stuff at times, and he's got the knowledge of the industry with him. So I can understand that. Let's get rid of the people we don't want to hear.
1: Right. I'll give
0: JBL the fact he, he's he's better than the King. He's, he's he's currently better than the King now, but JBL in his announcing prime was not as good as King in his announcing no, prime. No,
1: not, not by any means. But okay. yes,
0: uh, the current JBL is better than the current Lawler. I, I will give you that. Definitely. Um, Nia Jax, she dominated that match, as I think she should have. The only thing I didn't like was that the the referee DQ'd Nia Jax for stomping on Bailey in the corner past the five count, which doesn't happen nowadays. They no. get to the five count, they pull him off, and that's how it goes. The match continues. We just got done watching, I think it was NXT that we were watching. Smackdown. Was it Smackdown they were watching? The women were pulling hair? Yeah, well, they were were stomping each other. They had each other in the corner. They were throwing punches. The referee, one, two, three, four, five. What did he do? Pulled him off. He pulled him apart, yeah. And And that's what you do. Now, when we were talking before during the show, like I said, if maybe he started to pull Nia Jax off and she looked back and glared at him... And he got scared, maybe so scared that he stumbled backwards and tripped on his own feet and decided, I'm not getting in between her and her victim. I have to call the match. That's good. That builds Naya as a beast. That tells a story. Okay. But the fact that he'd counted, one, two, three, four, five, ring the bell. It
1: really shows that you care about your, your matches.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's inconsistent. It threw away a decent match. It it, it made not only the ref look weak, which I guess isn't horribly important, but the the ref should be respected and look somewhat strong. But I think it made both contestants look weak.
1: And guess what? Two fewer fully McMahon segments, you could have had yourself enough space for that match.
0: Oh, yeah. Into a good (laughs) match. Into a drawn-out match. And into a match that still could have ended in a DQ, but a better DQ. How about she's choking her to shit or something like that, you know? Let's go with that. Or even... The classic grabs a chair and starts beating the hell out of it. I would love to see Nia beat the hell out of somebody with a chair. Let's do it. I want to see Nia beat the hell out of the wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube men with a chair. Take them all out one by just one. It's a hole. They like, have somebody in the somebody in the back in the control room just just shuts the air off of each one simultaneously <laughs> as she starts beating it, so it looks like she's taking them down. That's good, man. That's that's lucha underground stuff right there. Come on, <laughs> WWE, pay attention. <laughs> So then I believe uh, we ended the night, of course, with Mick Foley and Stephanie McMahon, not in a match, but talking in the ring. Because when I think of main event matches, I want two people I don't give a crap about talking. Yeah. So anyways, came down to it. Stephanie told him he had to fire somebody. At this point, it seemed obvious what was going to happen, which was not what I had predicted earlier. And Mick Foley said he's firing Stephanie McMahon, which is good. Sticking up for
1: himself. It's good, yeah, yeah, but stupid. Stupid. You can't fire your boss. Obviously Obviously you can't fire your boss. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) If only. I I would have done that in the past if that were the case. (laughs) You're fired. No, you're fired. (laughs) So the obligatory Triple H comes out because, of course, he's just sitting back there waiting. Triple H came out. He shit on Foley for a while. They do their best to make Foley just look horrible. Cowery. You know? What What I want to see? Mick Foley versus Triple H. Street fight. That's not going to happen. Shh. But that's what it should have done. Take it back to hell in a That's what it should have done. Right there. They should have <laughs> said, street fight now. Bam. Had them go at it. Beat the shit out of each other. What I, I did find interesting, again, CM Punk chants started again. We hadn't seen them for a while. I think The Rock brought them back. Triple
1: H tripped on those CM Punk chants a he, little he bit. He did.
0: He did. It caught him off guard. It stumbled him a bit. He wasn't expecting it. And I'm sure in he Chicago, despises though, they? They Rock were. for that. Uh, no, I think Detroit, which is close Detroit. enough. Detroit, okay. Close enough. I mean, I I understand it. But, uh, yeah, it, it was just uh, it didn't last long. I will say that. It went down. Um, and, and basically what happened was, yeah, nothing. I mean, Rollins came out after that thunderous applause. Everybody loved that. Uh, he, he he just destroys Triple H just right there.
1: After Willy wonka getting it to the ring. <laughs> yeah. Hobbling on a yeah. crutch. Yeah, he hobbled
0: then. on the crutch, but as he got down to the apron, he threw the crutch threw down. on the ground. I was waiting stared. for him to take the,
1: wrist or the knee brace off.
0: Yep, stared a hole in Triple H's soul, which I thought was good. Beat the hell out of him. I, I loved the ending. I will say that. Overall, Raw, I give a meh. It yeah. wasn't that great. Yeah,
1: and, and for recent shows, I think it was a meh show. Like not raw overall all time, but recent shows, it was it was not very good. No,
0: no, definitely not, definitely not.
1: But there's a saving grace in SmackDown. Oh, good segue, good I segue, because so.
0: now we're going into SmackDown. <laughs> SmackDown, uh, we started off with an in-ring segment with AJ Styles. It was pretty short. Basically, it was him saying that he's pissed how he's been treated. Pissed how he's presented. He got screwed out of the WWE ma- or the WrestleMania matches he deserves. After he earned it twice. Yep, and he's and he's he's not happy. And then he stormed away. Short and sweet. You know, if you're gonna start out with in ring segments, which I prefer to start out with a with a high octane like a cruiserweight match or something, and then go into an in ring segment. But if you're going to, that's the way to do it. Short, right. sweet, get the point across, get the bug out of there. The
1: SmackDown's been very good about that.
0: They have been. So then we had Becky Lynch versus Natalya. It was a, an okay match. Uh, good ring work between the two of them. Becky Lynch is always intense in the ring. Natalia, even though she's really horrible on the mic, she really emotes well in the ring, and she knows how to tell a story in the ring. In yeah. the ring, she talks beautifully. On the mic, she talks
1: horribly. God-awful. See, that's one thing with me. I, I can't get into Becky Lynch. Everybody loves Becky Lynch. I'm just like... <laughs> uh... And I've always wanted to like Natalia. Yep. Always. She's got it in the ring. She, she, she deserves it in the ring more than I think any other woman signed up until, you know, last year, I'll say. But I just can't do it. I can't <laughs> do it with, neither, neither of them are, are any good
0: in my opinion. See, I'm a huge fan of both of them. Like I said, I'll admit Natalia is horrible on the mic. I think Becky's good on the mic, in the ring. She's got presence. I, I think Becky has it all. And
1: that's where we disagree, Yeah, and that's okay. It might be the orange skin that does it wrong for me there. Orange skin, orange hair, orange outfit. She's orange in it all. All orange everything, the orange queen. Just call her Tang. (laughs) She's a kick in a glass.
0: (laughs) A kick in the glass. (laughs) Uh, Becky ended up winning that one with the disarm her, although I'm fairly certain that Natalia's feet were under the ropes. The cameraman did an awesome job of covering for this. He only showed the top half of Natalia, didn't show her bottom half. But I'm fairly certain she was under the rope. They didn't mention it at all, so I think it was a, a botch. I don't think they meant for that to happen. So there you go, Natty or uh, uh, Becky won with the submission against Natalya. That's pretty good, actually. Then we had Miz and Maurice in the ring. You know, Cenobella um, came out and, and chased him out of the ring, and it, this was just one. It wasn't even a giant commercial for WrestleMania. It was one giant commercial for Total Divas and Total Bella. I, I, I...
1: It rubbed me the wrong way. I, I don't know. Miz has been great lately on the great. microphone. Oh, I love like, him. Watching him coach his wife through this segment was almost painful. He almost he almost had to tell
0: her every line before she said it, didn't he? Yeah.
1: It was, it was sad. It was horribly sad. You'd think with the Miz being as good on the microphone as he is, he would have been working with her all week. On what she needs to say. (laughs) Like, that should be important to you. And
0: even Cena, who usually pulls out pretty grade-A promos, was not coming off very eloquent
1: or like we cared at all, honestly. Yeah, I I honestly, I don't think Cena wants to be in this match. I don't think he wants to be in this place. I think he's just going along for the ride because it gets him a spot on mania. And I don't know. I'm not looking forward to this one. Right? I I think he just agreed to the match. I I don't don't think he loves the match. I don't think Maurice is going to willingly fight Nikki. So you're just going to have another glorified Cena-Miz match in which Cena wins. Right. And I don't know. It's time to start pushing Miz a little bit harder. He... He deserves something for this last year. His last—I don't know—this run. He's—he's he's evolved
0: so much. Let's so say give him another I.C. or U.S. title run. I don't—I don't see him nor want to see him in the world title pitcher. He plays a perfect mid-card heel, and that's what he's perfect at. Let him own that. Although I would like to it. see him
1: one more time, just towards the end. Doesn't have to be now, because I—I do like his his bitterness towards the entire system. That keeps him down. Even I hear you.
0: If, he, if he had a maybe a short run towards the end, I'd be okay with it. But I'd be more than happy with never seeing him getting a world title again. But a lengthy, IC title reign again I think would be great. I have no no quarrels with that at all. Daniel Bryan came out, and basically all he said the whole time was he wants to punch him in the face. That was it. He's like, you do this, I want to punch you in the face. You do that, I want to punch you in the face. So we learned Daniel Bryan wants to pitch, Put what does he want to do? He wants to pinch. I he think. wants to pinch the Miz in the ass. <laughs> Ass-pinching contest. He wants to
1: punch the Miz in the face, basically, is what we got out of that. Which, you know, you can tie this into Talking Smack two weeks ago, yep. when he said, uh, when when the Miz was talking about how he can't fight, and Daniel said, we'll see in a year and a half. Yeah. That pretty is, much sums up his contract. Yep. That's and what his contract runs out with. If they're WWE, not gonna let him fight in the
0: WWE, he'll go elsewhere and do it, is what it sounds like. And it's been stated multiple times that Daniel Bryan is cleared to wrestle from every medical doctor out there.
1: Except for the WWE doctor.
0: WWE's doctor does not want him to wrestle in the WWE. So that's the Vince only thing doesn't holding want him in
1: that position.
0: <laughs> you know what? They worked hard at keeping him down. Fans forced him in the pedestal he's at, and now they have a good spot where they can keep him down. Right. Yep.
1: Upper management. Just, it's better than being a performer. Trust me, Daniel.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> just saying.
0: You know, the biggest problem I have with this is when when you put a storyline based around reality TV, reality TV is more predetermined and more, dare I say the word, faker than pro wrestling. So it really feels forced, faked, and and, and
1: just blah. I agree. I agree. I'm just hoping this match at WrestleMania is better than I expect. Yeah, I, I hope so also. I will say oh, I'm glad... Oh, by the way, they they just now solidified that this is a match at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah now they've said it's a WrestleMania match.
0: <laughs> Even though everybody's known this is the match for, what, two, three, three months? weeks at least. Uh, yeah, I think I, it's been, been over been a month. they playing it up,
1: though, yeah. It's
0: been over a month because they <laughs> there started rumors about this before WWE started mentioning it on TV. I mean, this is back... When when Nikki Bella would fight somebody backstage and bump into Maurice, remember she knocked her cocaine all over her face. <laughs> or, maybe it was supposed to be makeup powder. It was a hell of a That's lot, of, a lot powder of powder for powder. makeup. I, it was cocaine. <laughs> let's not let's not beat around the bush here. Yeah. So Maurice, yes. <laughs>
1: Maurice did get in the weekly obligatory bitch. Oh yeah, you got to that be done. Done. You you, have that. You can't be yeah. You, know, you can't have the women's division without somebody yeah. saying bitch.
0: We're no longer the PG era, but we're not quite the. A- <laughs> So then we have Mickey James versus Alexa Bliss, which was nothing great but nothing bad. They're both good workers. They've worked better. I gotta say, I, am I wrong for rooting for Alexa Bliss still? I I'm I on Alexa Bliss' side. I
1: don't think so. Mickey James has had her time. Alexa Bliss is new. She's good. I'm, I'm behind her more than I'm behind a lot of the women. Right. Uh, I don't like the fact that they just basically gave her back the t- the title. But you know, shit's gonna happen. Haters gonna hate. You know what? I'll say I I am a subscriber to Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the
0: magazine still, even though most people don't think it it is important or matters anymore. And it may not. I don't know. I still love it. I still am a subscriber to it. I voted into their their annual wrestling awards, and I put Alexa Bliss down as the most improved wrestler. I voted for her as most improved wrestler of the year. Because out of everybody, and The Miz was in that category... I know they had uh, Sheamus in that category. They had uh, Broken Matt Hardy in that category. All people who have really upped their game in the last year. But I personally still think Alexa Bliss was the most improved. I'm not saying she's the best out of
1: them. I'm saying she's improved the most over the last year. And she has. She's blown away. I have to to agree with you there. Uh, She... Wasn't very impressive in her run in NXT, to me at least. No, I did not want to see her come to the main roster. When she split up with what was the tag team she was with? Oh, now you're
0: putting me on the spot here. Uh, we're going to have bad. to. Yeah, we're going to have to just. <laughs> the, the other gal. When yeah. she was in that tag team with the other gal. No, 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 no. The guys. She used to
1: come out with the two guys. Oh, with Blake and Blake uh, and Murphy. Blake
0: okay, go. that's that's what you're talking about.
1: When she came yeah, out yeah, with Blake, Blake and Murphy. Murphy.
0: Yep, you're right. You're right. Yeah, she started out as their valet.
1: Yeah. And, and I wasn't I wasn't with it. You could you could tell that she had the most star power out of the three, but that wasn't saying much. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a Blake and Murphy guy. <laughs> yeah. oh, which wasn't... by the way, I forgot when we were talking about
0: Hideo Itami, he also gts Buddy Murphy also, so hey, way to go Hideo. There you go. Go ahead to back.
1: Ayo, <laughs> Hideo. There you go. <laughs> No, but uh, as soon as she came up to the main roster, my first reaction was grunts and groans, like she's here already. What has she done to deserve it? But she showed up. She showed right, right away. And I'm glad they brought her in when they did, because I would hate for Camilla to be the new top woman. Carmella? Carmella. Whatever. I agree. She's not good.
0: She's still, she's still, she's taking a long time to get out of being a rookie and being green. Yeah, she started to show progress, and she's just plateaued and been stagnant. And the whole
1: stereotyping Italian thing, like, oh my God, are you serious? Comparing well, her with James Ellsworth Capiche? isn't doing anybody's <laughs> shit. I mean, James Ellsworth
0: is not going to boost
1: your career. I'm sorry. No, but she might boost his. No, probably not. She's boosting something. Wow.
0: <laughs> wow. So then we went backstage again, and AJ Styles is waiting at the garage door. He's just been hanging out there all night waiting for Shane McMahon to come. You can tell he's angry. He's, he's pissed. He's mad. The door opens three-quarters of the way and shuts. I thought it was a malfunction, and somebody's kid was playing <laughs> you, with it. You could not see the car driving. You couldn't. I was like, what the hell just happened? I thought somebody screwed up. Anyways, lo and behold, Shane McMahon came in, or was there the whole time. I don't know what it was. <laughs> Who knows? So anyways, AJ jumps Shane, starts beating the hell out of him. It was a pretty decent
1: one. Shane can uh, take bumps. I love backstage segments like that. Oh, I yeah. wish there would have been some sort of a weapon backstage.
0: That would have been good. A lead pipe, a, 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 a monitor, a TV monitor. Something would have been good. You know, Shane knows how to take bumps. He'll, he'll hurt his body any way, shape, or form just to sell one more ticket. I'll give Shane that. Not a great wrestler. Damn if he ain't a showman, though. He's a performer. For sure. So then they ended up going down. I think AJ was counting the cars to make sure he got <laughs> to the right car. And they Bounced came across off the car. A boxes what yep. looked like a giant refrigerator. It, it was yeah, an ice <laughs> machine in the back. It, it was an ice machine, you know, to, to, to tend to his wounds afterwards. And then AJ <laughs> threw him through the window of a car that just so happened to have tape holding up some breakaway glass. Yeah. Kind of fishy. Yeah, yeah. And the tape <laughs> stuck on AJ, of course, and it looked kind of... Or no, it stuck on Shane. Yeah. And it didn't look very good. I mean, you know, I give WWE credit for doing the live shows. And if, you know, it's nitpicking. It's nitpicking. We know it's a TV show. We know it's breakaway glass. We know what happens when you don't use breakaway glass. Um, Bill Goldberg, WCW, <laughs> putting arm through the window and and cutting a tendon <laughs> and making WWE lose their or WCW lose their biggest star for almost a year. Yeah. So we understand it's gonna be breakaway glass, but let's try a little harder. Yeah. And then what was the big the big screw up? Remember in the back seat?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. They put a camera on the back seat, right in the back window, like looking right at that spot. Yeah, there just happened to be a camera in the back seat of that vehicle. I to like to everything. think that maybe that camera was Vince, or it was Vince's car, and it was under high security. He's got <laughs> he's got a camera in cameras, every nook and cranny, 38 off. cameras in every inch of that car. Maybe that was camera. the ride along car they were going to use later that night. So they had it all <laughs> camered out, ready for ride along. We'll go with that. We'll we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And it was the ride along card. But the best part was they didn't show it during the segment. They showed it later during the replay of the segment. After they could check it out and make sure it looked good and
0: didn't look too bad or anything like that. Uh, I will say uh, Shane got a lot of color on him. It wasn't real color, obviously. You could tell he kind of broke a blood capsule, I think, and put it in his hair at first. Then they cut away and came back and he was covered in blood. You know what? Showing color, I'm happy. You don't have to blade. I'm not telling you to blade. I'm not going to my job and cutting myself on purpose to look cool. You want to use fake blood, you're still getting color. I'm happy. Yes. Some segments deserve color. It's storytelling. It is. If you do it every segment, it cheapens it, and I don't want to see it, and I don't care. But when you use it one time, like in this one, good. They did it perfect. They did it the way they should have done it.
1: Tastefully painted it down his face before the camera cut back. Exactly. Tasteful. Hey, got to make a nod to Fit Finley. He's so I, the one who saves Shane. He, he did.
0: Good old corporate fit just <laughs> happened to be backstage to protect Shane. He flew in from, from Connecticut, from WWE offices, and, and, and saved the day.
1: Personally, I think AJ was already beating up old guys. He should have beat up fit, too. <laughs> but, you know.
0: I hear you. So then, after that amazing backstage segment, of course they're going to follow it up with an amazing and entertaining match. So we got Dolph Ziggler versus Mojo Rowley.
1: And I'm Ooh. not going to lie,
0: I was doing something during that match and I didn't even watch it.
1: Yeah, well, when Mojo gets in the ring, it's, 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 it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to watch. It's, it's, <laughs> the guy has all the heart in the world, too. That's the worst thing. I,
0: I, I, so many wrestlers, I'm like, God, they got the heart. They give it their all. They do everything. And Mojo maybe needs to find a new job because he has the heart. I can see it <laughs> in his eyes. I feel it. Like, I feel he's in there. He wants to have the best match of the night, and he has the worst match of
1: the night. He could be an inspirational speaker, a motivator. You know, and if you're going to keep him, the way he enters the ring and bounces off the ropes and all that, paint his face and call him the Mojo Warrior.
0: (laughs) Do it. Maybe they need to put him on an announce team. Maybe he's going to be a good announcer. You know, replace David Otunga. He can't be worse. You know, you can't be worse than Otunga. But I
1: definitely think we need to see some improvement with Mojo. He's um he he was never there for me in NXT. No. He's never been there for me now. No and it doesn't help that his tag partner's not around.
0: And when they had that breaking ground show that I loved where they showed like the new NXT people just starting and they showed kinda the backstage of that and them getting up there and all that, I still really didn't care about him. He came off as somebody that I was just like eh.
1: Speaking of breaking ground, what happened to the other guys from Tough Enough? (laughs) (laughs) You don't hear about the Yeti or the Australian crocodile wrestler anymore. They weren't tough enough. (laughs) So then we
0: got to the end there, and we had uh, Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. They had a segment, which I thought was actually really good. Bray Wyatt was at his compound that was burnt down... Few weeks ago, but it's still
1: smoldering. Still smoldering.
0: So it was a hell of a fire. randy Orton is still intact. Good.
1: The floor is intact, and he's on an top echo of it as if he's inside of a room.
0: Yeah, good, acu- good acoustics <laughs> inside that burnt-down shack. I will give him that. But again, Bray, Bray Wyatt, beautiful promo. He made you believe it. He made you feel like you were there. You didn't care that it was still smoldering. You didn't care that it echoed. And oh my god, you, you felt it.
1: And baptizing himself in the ashes he of Sister baptized Abigail. Baptized
0: himself in the
1: ashes. I can't wait for this match at WrestleMania. I think this is going to be the one of the best WrestleMania matches in the last ten years. You know what? Easy. I'll, I'll either give the it story to, is there. Yeah, I'll give it
0: to either the writers or to Bray or to Randy or whoever I got to give the credit to. This is the first time. Oh, at least in five years, I've given a crap about Randy Orton. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. He's I'm a not good worker. That he's in
1: this match. Exactly, I'm he's not... a good
0: worker, and I and I like to watch his matches, but I never give a crap about him.
1: And I care about this match. Just the build up. The build up has been perfect. the The way that they shot these last few segments with the long cameras, you, you know, you're building something beautiful. Oh yeah. It's I think it's the thing that grabs me most in professional wrestling outside of, say, the Broken Hardys and what's going on with the Bullet Club. And I think this week they did something better than they did a couple weeks
0: ago is that they had Bray Wyatt doing the talking and Randy Orton doing the watching. You know what
1: this feels like? This feels like what's an old-school Undertaker WrestleMania match buildup. Oh, there you it's go. It's exactly what it feels like. There you got the go. mind games. you got just all the angles lined up perfectly and the most beautiful storytelling we've seen in a long time oh yeah all you need is paul bear and you got me sold yeah this is a
0: good old school kind of dead man supernatural you know bring you can have corny hokey cheesy campy in wrestling you need corny hokey cheesy camping in wrestling it needs to be there but it needs to be done right and this is how you do it right i like this i'm not complaining about this keep this up wwe this is what you're doing right then our main event, which is an okay main event, I'll give it that. American Alpha versus the Usos non-title match. I mean, right away when it's non-title, you already know that the champions are going to lose. Right. That's 90% of the time, so you kind of figure that out.
1: It was, well, it was nice to see the Usos go over on American Alpha for one side. I've been over the Usos for a long time, but them now, with their new theme song and their heel attitude... It was nice to see him get a win. Do I want to see him win the titles? No. Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> but it was nice to see them get another win. Definitely.
0: Definitely. I, I am okay with it. They're both hardworking teams. Like you said, I'm kind of over the Usos, but they're working hard to change the perception of what they were into what they are because they kind of got loopholed in there with, or pigeonholed in there with Roman Reigns. And everybody thought that was going to boost them, and it ended up killing them, and it kind of ended up killing their momentum. So they've had to work their way back up, and I think they're doing a pretty decent job of it. I have to agree. So that was about it for SmackDown and Raw. Uh, we had 205 Live.
1: Well, Cop- Shane came out after the match. Oh, yes. Go ahead. And he's, Go ahead. You're right. After Well, Daniel Bryan had that. fired AJ Styles earlier in the night because, you know, Daniel Bryan has that power. Had him escorted by police, who I'm sure within the next six years you'll see on NXT. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And yeah, uh, the match was ending. They pulled the screen to the side mid match. Here's Shane walking with Finley and I believe Jamie Noble. Uh, no, Road Dog. Road Dog. Yep. Road yep, Dog. Yep. And they're saying, Shane, you don't have to do this. Yeah, Shane, you don't have to take the spotlight from the people fighting in your main event. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, this happened during the main event. Match ended. <laughs> the, the four guys didn't even get out of the ring. Here comes Shane. AJ Styles wants a fight at WrestleMania. He's got one. End of the show. That cut, it, it literally cut off right there, right, right
0: as he said. Which was as good as the intro. Short, sweet. And to the point, cliffhanger makes you want to tune in next time, makes you want to go to the network, it sells.
1: I definitely feel like you didn't have to pull away from the tag match. Correct. It could have been done after the tag match, especially as short as it was.
0: So we had 205 Live, which was taped immediately afterwards, aired immediately. It's live, not taped. What the hell am I talking about? (laughs) So I'm just going to kind of do a rundown, and then we can discuss things as it goes. Obviously, I mean, I love 205 Live, but we don't have to hit everything. Started out with Neville in the ring, talking about how he's being robbed of his WrestleMania moment. You know, Neville is such a better promo as a heel than he was before, as, as a face, I have to say. We had Mustafa Ali versus Drew Gulak in an okay match. Mustafa Ali has a beautiful inverted 450 splash. I love seeing that every time, and he used that this time. Noam Dar and Arya Davari were seen backstage getting ready for their match against Swan and Jack Gallagher. And uh, I, I loved uh, uh, Swan and Gallagher coming down to the ring.
1: Yes, yes. Finally got Gallagher to do the Swan dance. And you could tell, they've they've been working on it for a few weeks. Gallagher did better than I would have done, I think. Yeah. he He owned it. He made yeah. it his own. Yeah, right. He did it
0: white guy style, and it, it worked well for him. We had A-double... Austin Aries, the greatest man who ever lived, one of my favorite wrestlers. He has a beautiful package. And a hometown boy, a Minnesota, Wisconsin guy. He he was born in Wisconsin, lived in Minnesota. You got to give it up to him.
1: A-double, A-double, come do a podcast
0: Come do a podcast, come and talk with us, Chub with us, hang out with us. We can be friends. You can even co-host an episode. (laughs) He was facing Akira Tozawa, Anthony Neese, TJ Perkins. And a man formerly known as Spanky, the Brian Kendrick, in a really good match. I'll admit, for a, for a five way match that I thought was going to be a throwaway.
1: Yeah, yeah, I thought it was going to be just another hit and run spots here and there, but nothing major. It turned out to be a knockdown, drag out fight, and it was wonderful. It was elimination style for starters, and that. That always makes for a fun angle. It's much better, especially, <laughs> like, this wasn't for the title, but it's for the number one contendership, so
0: it makes it seem important. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's one thing I've been saying lately, or in the last few years, is I want to see more, like, Fatal 4-Ways, Triple Threats, to get you up to that, because it, it leaves you so much room. I mean, it's still predictable as hell. Right, You right. could tell A-Double was
0: going to win that well, yeah, we knew going into it that A double was going to win, it, but but I think it was okay, especially since it was elimination cuz you didn't know who was going to get eliminated when and from who. Yeah. You know what I mean? When it's when it's just, you know, the the fatal five way or whatever you want to say, where it's not elimination style, you almost know you know who's going to win and you almost know who's going to take the pin. Right. Which is sad. This one you weren't really sure. Uh the first person eliminated was Anthony Nice. And you, I think this match took, I think, probably half of 205 Live, maybe. Yeah. Like, they gave yeah. a good chunk of it. Anthony Nice or, or Tony Nice, as he goes in WWE, was first eliminated by TJ Perkins by an armbar. That really surprised me. Uh, he worked it over, but not very long. So that was that was interesting. Tozawa was, was eliminated next. Uh, they did a beautiful spot where they did a Tower of Doom. And if you don't know what a Tower of Doom is, a Tower of Doom is basically where there's one guy who's sitting on top of the turnbuckle. Then you got another guy who goes up to the top to do a superplex. Then you do another guy who comes up under the second guy. I hope you're following me here. Almost in a powerbomb type maneuver. He literally puts his face in the guy's crotch. This isn't a sexual thing. Get over it, okay? <laughs> so they, they went for a Tower of Doom. But what was really cool was Kendrick was at the top. And when they did the Tower of Doom, instead of Kendrick just getting suple- or superplexed, if it will... He actually turned it into sliced bread off the top, which was kind of unique. I believe I've seen it before in a, like, a, like a Ring of Honor, Shakara, PWG. But it was unique to see it in a WWE match, even if it is 205 Live. I loved it. I love sliced bread. I love the Brian Kendrick. And it was a beautiful spot. I'm glad they did it. TJ Perkins got eliminated because both Austin Aries and Brian Kendrick uh, hopped on top of him and kind of double pinned him. <clears throat> After that, he ran into the ring. He was pissed. He was beaten on uh, Brian Kendrick. They got TJ Perkins out of there. And at the end, uh, Austin Aries wins by uh, Discus Forearm, of all things. I was waiting to see the last chancery. Uh, the Brian Kendrick had him in a really good captain's hook. And you can, uh, you can roll a captain's hook through into a cha- uh, last chancery pretty fluidly and make it look really nice. And I, and I thought that was going to happen. I'm not disappointed it didn't. I just that's where my mind's seen it going. Um, yeah, and a, a discus forearm, and he won it. So uh, Austin Aries is is going for the title here at WrestleMania. So that should be interesting. That should she be good. Match. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, that was 205 five live. Do you have any more thoughts on that?
1: Mm, No, I don't think so. I think it was a pretty solid 205 Live. I've only been watching for the last few weeks, really. I watched a couple towards the beginning, but it's been hit or miss. And and I think now that A-Double's back in contention and not announcing, he was great as an announcer. Yeah. But I think now that he's fighting again, I'm going to be willing and able to turn in. Willing and Gable to turn in. Ready, willing, and Gable. A lot more often.
0: And I will like I was saying when we were watching before, I honestly think as much as it Bothered me and scared me at first when it happened. I think the best thing to happen to Austin Aries in WWE was him getting injured. The first thing in my mind was, oh crap, he's injured right away. is going to throw him on the shelf. Nobody's going to remember him. They're going to think he's a loser, just like Hideo Tommy, And it's going to be done. But I think him being on the mic, doing the commentating, and doing the, the in-ring interviews showed
1: everybody how gold he is
0: and his personality and let it shine. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah, he definitely wouldn't be getting the push he's getting right now if he would have just been fighting. I, I agree 100%.
0: Um, NXT, I didn't take notes on that. Uh, what was the big stuff that came out of NXT? Um, pretty much... Uh, we had, we Cassius
1: Ohno versus
0: glorious Bobby Roode. That was an amazing main event. Way better than I expected. I thought they were going to kind of hold back a little bit since this is i believe their first meeting in nxt and i'm assuming they're gonna have matches and and, and takeovers and so uh i didn't expect much forward
1: to seeing a redo for takeover before mania oh yeah and And i think it'll be a solid match
0: they put on a great match a better match than they had to put on a better match than i expected from them yeah
1: yeah because they could have held this match almost off for
0: takeover they could have definitely uh, Ember Moon and Oscar did some trash talking back and forth. Authors of Pain faced the uh, New Early Brothers. Early Brothers, uh, I, 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 Early Brothers, something. The, the other big guys. Um, uh, what else happened? Not not a whole lot. No, no.
1: That, that's the good thing about NXT, though. You can tune in and catch catch a few really good matches, and that's it. Yeah, definitely. Hit and done. You don't gotta watch twenty matches. You don't gotta sit through a whole bunch of talking. It's. I liked it, and I really liked the main event, and I'm looking forward to seeing these matches at Takeover. You know what? When they have just an hour to fill, I think it was a worthwhile hour. I
0: enjoyed myself. I loved the main event. They ended the way they needed to, and they gave you some some stuff
1: in between. Speaking of worthwhile hour, I hope your time with us has been more than adequate. <laughs>
0: and with that folks we're actually going over on time when we were worried about being able to fill enough time (laughs) so that's great i'm so happy about that
1: yeah yeah this was has been a lot lot smoother
0: and simpler than we figured it would be it's been a blast spending time with all of you i've enjoyed all of you listening to us i've enjoyed your company i hope you come (laughs) back week after week because you are now my best friend We are going to have a festival of friendship and you are all invited and you will not be on my list. I promise. So tune in next week. Next week, we're going to have WrestleMania predictions that we wanted to do this week, but we don't have time, which is fine. I'm sure more stuff will develop in that time and we're going to have more matches to talk about. It's going to be fun. You're not going to want to miss that. We're going to talk about the Hall of Fame inductions, how we feel about who's being inducted. Do we like it? Do we not like it? What do we remember about them? Who should be inducted? All of that good stuff. You're going to hear stuff you don't want to hear. You're going to hear stuff you agree with. You're going to have fun. You're going to laugh. You're going to cry. You're going to do everything you can have. You're going to feel every emotion under the sun.
1: Believe me. Believe it. We're going to reach through these speakers and touch you. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That was my second wow of the night. And ladies and gentlemen, if you like what you're getting from us here at Beef Sticks, we've got more shows for you under Cloud Style Broadcasting. On Sunday mornings, about the noon hour, we have Northern Lights S.O.S. Stoned Out Sundays. Uh, It's just a little kind of inspirational self-catch-up podcast for uh, myself and the strategy to keep you guys up to date with what's going on with us and and just to get you prepared for the week ahead. Because, you know, Sunday rolls around, nobody wants that Monday to come. No. Fuck Monday. You need a
0: little positive boost before <laughs> the week begins, and this is the positivity you need to get you through the rest of the
1: week. And not only that, but on Thursdays, no, Thursdays is Beef Sticks. Thursdays, Beef Sticks! Yes, every Tune Thursday. Tune in every Thursday. Don't forget it. We're just adding another plug. Yeah. <laughs> Mondays, we have Get Local MN, the radio show, which is going to be coming your way shortly with local interviews with artists. Live local music. Um, Actually, I got a band coming to set up after I get my move and they're going to do an acoustic performance for you guys live on the broadcast. I'm excited for that. That'll be great. I'm super excited. Not only that, but on Get Local, we're going to be doing album listening parties when artists have upcoming albums about to drop. They're going to come in with us before anybody else gets to hear it and we're going to go through the album with all of you. We're going to talk about the tracks. We're going to talk about everything that went into the album and it's just going to be your inside view into everything local Minnesota and it's it's going to be wonderful everything's coming together very well and all of this is paired up with our United State Radio every broadcast we do will be paired with an hour or two of all kinds of local music hits past present future from bands rap stars whatever we are going to have it all and we are accepting submissions Artists, if you're listening to this, you can submit your MP3s to cloudstylebroadcasting at gmail.com. Can't plug that enough, because we want want it all. We want all your music, we want to share it with the world, and we want the world to share it with you in the love. Cloud Style Broadcasting is blowing
0: up. Folks, you want to get in on the ground floor, this is going to be the biggest web broadcasting network that is going to exist in a few years you want to say you are listening from the beginning everything is amazing every show is on point you have to be listening you don't want to miss an episode because you don't know what you're going to miss this is all about local love in minnesota but hey everyone from every state we want to get your ear we want to entertain you if you let us know you're listening we're going to start expanding we're going to talk about whatever you want us to talk about
1: Yes, and you can contact us on various Facebook pages via Beef Sticks or Get Local MN with any suggestions, and we will take everything into accord. We want to make this show for you guys. We want to do what you want to hear. We want to do what you don't want to hear. We just want to do it. So let's do it. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you. I've been Pasty White. I'm Fat Mac. And this is Beef Sticks Podcast. Have a great week. We out.